Hey, it's episode 165 on a Friday. Well, maybe on depending on when you're listening. It may not be a Friday, but it's for me. We're finishing up a week of calling out the haters. No, we're not calling. I'm kind of being a hater, if, if I'm honest. Hating on the false gospels and the the fake teachings of the prosperity gospel and where they get the Bible wrong. Today, let's correct what they think about what prayer does. If you're just joining us and you're like, prosperity gospel doctrines, what are you talking about? Go, go listen to the last four episodes before it. It would make more sense then. Uh, uh, but just to give you a quick recap, we've been looking at these these doctrines, these teachings that, again, I read the same Bible as Joel Olstein and T.D. Jakes and Robert Tilton and uh, Kenneth Copeland and Jesse, Jesse Duplantis, Boss Hogg from, what's that old TV show? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, Dukes of Hazard. But these guys, they get it wrong, so wrong. And you're like, how? It's because they, they take scriptures and they twist them to tickle ears, to fatten pockets, and we want to set them straight because I don't want my Jesus represented like that. I don't want my God slandered and defamed and deformed by what these clowns are teaching. And so we want to make sure that we we put these things, at least for, I, I don't have the reach that these guys have. They have books upon books and and TV shows and, and thousands of people in their church, and it's, it's crazy to think about how many people are being affected by that. And I get it. I'm, according to the world, I'm a nobody, right? Compared to them, I don't have the clout. I don't have the pull. I don't have the reach. I don't need any of that stuff, man. And that's why I don't have no problem taking these guys to task. Because if I can just win back just a couple people uh, from this nonsense, it will be worth my efforts. And so uh, David W. Jones from uh, Southeastern Seminary, uh, theological seminary put together a good list that I've been using to kind of summarize the ways that these prosperity preachers twist the word and they take the doctrine, they take these teachings and they make them say something different. Um, and today let's end up the week. There's probably more, but let's end up the week. That's all I'm going to talk about it. Cause I can't, I can't take talking much more about these guys. Uh, but one of the things that they do is they teach that prayer is a tool to force God to grant prosperity. So prayer is a tool. It's a cheat sheet. It's a shortcut to get God to grant you prosperity. And by prosperity, they mean physical wealth. They mean physical health. They mean happiness. They mean they, de they define success and prosperity the same way the secular world does which is not something that we as believers are called to do anyway. But the, the idea is that we, you know, they'll say you don't have cause you don't ask. That's by the way, what, what was, was purported. That's what the Bible says. We don't have cause we don't ask. The problem is they don't finish the, even that verse that says, but even when you ask, you don't get because you have the wrong motivations cause you're selfish. You won't, will, will only bring you pleasure and God ain't got time for that mess. See, the problem is that this prosperity theology focuses 
so heavily on personal interests. You spend your whole Christian life thinking about you, unlocking my rewards, unlocking my success. I'm doing that. God is, it's, I, I hear, by the way, I hear people, regular Joes, regular guys like myself that, that have bought into this and they spend all their time talking about what God is going to do for them. And that's backwards. It's a selfish orientation of the Christian life where it, it, it rotates around your big head and it's not supposed to. You see, with prosperity theology, the focus on prayer is, is, more, of a, um, is, is more of a bargaining chip or more of an activation of God, right? And so the result is, is you have this view of God that basically makes him a heavenly vending machine. Right, pray that right prayer, beep boop beep boop, and the right amount of faith, and you, you insert the right amount of faith, and you hit this button, and out comes exactly what you asked for. That's bull, right? Um, they you, you hear. I want to give you a couple of verses that get used or abused by these prosperity preachers, like John fourteen fourteen. Jesus says, "If you ask any, if you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it." So if you don't read anything else about Jesus and about picking up your cross and following him and about how the, the meek will inherit the earth and how, you, how he told the rich young ruler to sell everything he had so he could follow Jesus, if you ignore all the rest of that stuff and you just focus on that verse, you may go, okay, so genie in the bottle, tell, give me what I want. But notice what he said, in my name. Now that's not like a... Uh, you know, you're reciting an incantation in, in, in Jesus' name, boom. Like, you can't use the name of Jesus like it's a, it's a magical power, like it's a special power-up, you know, it's Morphin Time Power Rangers. Now you got the power of Jesus uh, that you can do whatever the heck you want. He's saying, ask in my name. and But when, when we ask in Jesus' name, that means we ask under the authority of his kingdom, it means we ask with his interests in mind. It means we ask with uh, the way the world works according to Christ in mind. And so when we're asking, we're asking through the name of Jesus and what he stood for. And that very oftentimes does, does not mean you get whatever you want and you get whatever raise or power or money or even health that you ask for. Um, Psalm 37, four is another one. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. <gasps> He's going to give me the desires of my heart. I really want a husband or a wife says you, or I, I really want this job or I really want this house. Or if I could just have kids, that's the desire of my heart. And is there anything wrong with having those desires? No, absolutely not. They're good desires. Most of them. You can want bad things and ask Jesus for them too. But most of the things that we desire are not necessarily something that Jesus says is bad, but it needs to be put in its place. It needs to be right on the priority list below his will to be done. That's why the psalmist said, take delight in the Lord. Not, in, not take delight in being a parent, not take delight in being a spouse, not take delight in being the best boss. Take delight in the Lord. And when you take the delight take your delight from God, then he will give you your, the desires of your heart because your desire in your heart is for him. And he will freely give you that. Even if he doesn't give you a raise, even if he doesn't give you a spouse or kids, even if he doesn't give you your, your laundry list, your Christmas list of gimmies, 
if you will take delight in him and not the things of the world, then you've got everything you need and it's covered. You know, one of the best verses I use in my life is Matthew 6, 33. It's one of my favorite verses. Seek first the kingdom of God and he will give you everything you need. That's the, the New Living Translation. I grew up in Bible school at these traditional churches. I even remember a song that that's basically said, you know, seek the, first the kingdom of God and, and all of these things, all of these things will be added unto you. Uh -huh. Sorry. But that's just how I remember it. And that's the King James Version. All these things will be added unto you. Well, what are these things? Well, the, the 30 verses previous to that, Jesus is talking about uh, having enough to eat, having enough to drink, having clothes to wear. Now, he's not talking about having your heart's desire of everything. He's just talking about getting by. He's just talking about having enough to call, consider yourself blessed. Wow, I've got food in my stomach. I'm not starving. I've got clothes on my back. And I'm not naked, right? I have a place to stay. It's not a mansion, but it's a place that keeps, keeps me warm in the winter and, and cool in the summer. And so if you seek first the kingdom of God, you don't even seek those things. If you just seek to do the will of God and, and make the kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then all these things, your basic needs will be taken care of. Might not mean that you're rich, but it means that God will always prosper you. And so do not take prayer as, um, and to let that, let, let prayer turn into anything less than a conversation with a sovereign God who's in control, who knows what you need and don't need. Because guess what? Job prayed his butt off for God to change the situation that he was in. And guess what? He didn't. He eventually blessed him in other ways, but he didn't give him everything that he wanted, even though Job prayed, even though Job had faith. So why are we any different? Seek first the kingdom of God, take delight in the Lord, and then you will prosper whether everything else goes right or not.